0: Hello, Karim. Welcome to a Liberal Party podcast. I'm very excited for today's topic. Um, So we're going to be talking about drag, Um, something you know a lot about. Um, So if our listeners don't know, me and Karim go to the same uni. So I do see a lot of Karim doing drag, doing shows, and I find it so interesting and inspiring. Um, So I thought I wanted to talk more about it. Um, So I'm just going to start off with a simple question. So what is drag for people who maybe are a bit unsure? Like, what is drag?
1: Brilliant question. So just right off the bat, I'd like to say thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, It's an amazing place where we can talk about, like, you know, the topics that the youth are interested in and that people want to hear about. So, yeah, what is drag? And this is like the age old question that if you ask... um, three drag queens, what is drag? They will give you three different answers. Um, mm. It's never an easy thing to answer because it's so subjective. So mm. if we look at the traditional sort of what is drag, like back in the roots, yes, it perhaps would have been a man in a wig, um, you know, doing an act on stage, comedy, um, something maybe dressed up in, you know, regal attire, a dress, you know, something really out there. So maybe, yeah, the, the traditional way of answering that question is perhaps a man in a wig, but that is not what I think drag is. And Mm -hmm. that is not what I think drag has evolved to be. So I especially believe like nowadays drag is a pure art form. Mm -hmm. So where you have, you know, men dressing up as women, men dressing up as creatures, women dressing up as men, women dressing up as creatures, aliens, you know, whatever you sort of want to do with drag, you can do it. It's artistic expression. Um, And I think it doesn't have to necessarily be out there as well. So there's this misconception that to do drag, you have to, you know, have like a really, really big wig and really, Mm. really extravagant outfits and stuff. But I think everybody does drag once in a while. You know, when you get up and you get ready for a night out, you are kind of doing drag. If you, you know, um, doll yourself up to go to a wedding, that's kind of doing drag. Like there's this misconception that drag is just for, you know, gay men that Mm -hmm. want to present as women. And that can be damaging, because at the end of the day, I don't necessarily believe that something can present as necessarily a woman in the regard that what is a woman, you know, like, Mm, what have we been conditioned to believe that a woman is? Because at the end of the day, if we just gatekeep drag to being men dressing up as women, what happens to the women that don't fall under that extravagant category? The women that, you know, perhaps do have facial hair, perhaps do have manly features. So I really feel like it is, again, this is a long winded answer. It is quite a complex question, but... I think drag is just artistic expression that is manifested through your bodily um i don't know modification your um, image the image of illusion um so yes i think that sort of encapsulates what i think drag is um <laughs> that it's was a, very very long winded no no
0: no. it's interesting that you talk about how it's different for everyone um and how it has so many different kind of forms because Like I'll admit, maybe if you asked me what drag was a year ago, I probably would have said a man dressing up as a woman, or maybe maybe heightened feminine kind of stereotypes. Um, Whereas, I mean, just before the podcast, I watched Paris is Burning, which we were talking about before. Um, So it's kind of like a documentary filmed in the mid nineteen eighties to late nineteen eighties in New York, and it talks about kind of like the drag scene there, and there's there were so many different elements to it which I found so cool it's not only a woman um, a man dressing up as a woman it's um, a man dressing up as a masculine stereotypical man and they like to play on that um, what I found really interesting was um, lots of like black gay men would dress up as white straight men and kind of like play on that as well, and be like, this is what it's like to be a white straight man, which obviously is kind of like the top of society in the hierarchical kind of chain. Um, and it is; it's so it's so different, and it's so there's so many elements to it, which makes makes it an art form. It's essentially an art. It's essentially people kind of playing with different kind of personas, and and it's it's so fun. Like it's so fun to watch. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's, it's a great way to kind of, like, express yourself. Um, so, like, uh, why did you get into drag? Like, why? What kind of, like, made you get into it? And What made you interested in it?
1: Wow, that's a very fascinating question. And I'd just like <laughs> to point out that I've never really sat down and sort of spoken about my drag. Oh. Like this before. Um, <laughs> I've been asked to, but I just think now i'm at a place to reflect on why i started it what my intentions are and you know why i do it whereas before i wasn't so i don't really have a specific reason why i started drag i mean you know growing up in gibraltar it's not the most it's not like the most conservative and restricting environment i'll give it that it's obviously not the best (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know there's no place that's going to give you the best environment to be your queer self but yeah, I would definitely think that coming to university and exposing myself to the LGBTQ community. Right. So before, when I was in Gibraltar, through my A-levels, I was very aware of drag. I was very aware of Drag Race. I used to watch it. I loved it. My best friend Callum introduced me to it, and I sort of, like, became obsessed with it. Um, but I just never saw myself in that light. Um, I never saw myself being able to be so confident and perform. Right, yeah. And, you know all these things that like encompass drag and I think it goes back to the fact that I had like a metamorphosis when I came to university and I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people can that really know me can like tell you that um back in Gibraltar when I you know hadn't you know when I was growing up and stuff I was a very not shy but very insecure person and I didn't really show it that much I just kept to myself I guess I just had something in me that was really insecure and mm. I just didn't didn't believe in my ability to present myself in a certain way. I thought I was basically a side character. <laughs> Long story <laughs> short, I, I, I thought of myself, I thought of myself as a side character. Mm. And um when I came to university a, a switch flipped and um I was just like, I am the main character of my life. And like mm. you just gotta think of yourself like that. Like, you know, I am Here for a reason. I am the main character of my own life and I'm going to take control of what I want to do. Mm. It doesn't matter if people like it or not, you know, you can live your life the way that you want to. And it sounds like a cliche thing, but it it is truly what happened. I bought a wig, I bought some padding, made it myself, and I transformed myself in my university room um, as an escape, really. Like, I was I was at a position where coming to the UK it was so daunting and I felt Mm. trapped I was like am I gonna be able to make it here like is this where I really belong should I go back to jib like Mm. what like you know maybe I can just get like a comfortable entry-level job somewhere and just go back to jib but I guess I really had this urge to like be great and Mm. something to do with greatness which I haven't been able to talk about until now like I just had this voice that's like, I want to do something great. I want to be something great. I want to make something out of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in my room and yeah, I was just trying out different things, trying out drag. And it became something more than just makeup on my face and a wig on my on my head. Um, it became a way that I could take control and regain the identity mm-hmm. that I sort of had taken away from me in Gibraltar, because what I will say is, I didn't necessarily get physically bullied in the way that some of my best friends have. Um, Mm. and I can't, you know, I can't hands on my heart say that I've been through some of the physical abuse that I know people have been through. Mm -hmm. Um, some of my best friends included, but I, I was subjected to more of like a mental, like psychological abuse where like, From a very, very early age, people had a label and thrusted it upon me, like Mm -hmm. before I even knew what it meant to like, you know, be queer, be gay, be this, be feminine, be that. Um, And I had a lot of like, I guess, psychological trauma in relation to like my name and what people would call me and like labels. And so where it wasn't physical abuse, it was definitely a form of like psychological you know, torture, I guess. But I'm going to say it like that because it's actually true. Like, I know people will be thinking, was it torture? Like, was it to that extent? But yes, I had my identity sort of given to me. You are this. You are a brown, gay kid that, you know, um, is very shy and, you know, has to let other people speak for him. Mm -hmm. And drag is a way that I sort of was like, fuck you. Like, I am going to be louder than you will ever be. I am going to be more prominent and more, you know, active than you have ever been and I'm gonna show myself and I'm gonna show the world like who I am and what I want to do so that is the reason why I started drag and that's actually I've never actually said that in person like I've never vocalized yeah (laughs) this is like an exclusive like I've never vocalized that ever 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 well yeah it's um, it's
0: interesting that you say that because when I was kind of like looking into it and thinking about it as well it is I was gonna this was kind of one of the questions I was gonna ask you like it is a form of like control for some people as well to be able to be like I'm gonna take the reins of my life I'm gonna create this persona how I want to create them and kind of have fun with it and be confident and express yourself in a way that maybe you couldn't before and I I was gonna ask you like do you think although drag isn't like specifically for gay men but would you say as a gay man that drag is kind of like a form of control for gay men to kind of take control all of their lives, which often is out of control because of kind of the abuse that they receive? Would you say
1: that? That is so valid. Um, I'll expand on that now. But I just wanted to say that like, you're such a good ally, honestly, just hearing you talk oh, about this. You. Like, you seem... Honestly, you seem so educated, and I love it when an ally not only you know champions gay people or you know LGBTQ people, but actually like does their research. So, oh, props thank to you. Girl. Oh props my god. To you. No, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> but yeah. So for that question, I think drag is yeah regaining control. Um, not necessarily um, for gay men only. Like I I feel like it did stop there. I want to say that, but actually, I'm gonna backtrack. It didn't really. I think drag was. Um, so intersectional back then. So yeah, I I don't necessarily think it was solely for gay men and it's definitely not now. Um, Mm. Drag is done by so many people nowadays. So, so many. You know, we've got, I do want to refer to drag race, but I just want to say that drag race isn't the only reference point, but I'm going to use it (laughs) because that's sort of what people... uh, like recognize, but we've had a, st- a straight drag queen on there we've had a um an afab queen so assigned female at birth so mm-hmm. you know a stereotypical woman who you know does drag mm-hmm. we have had um you know transgender um queens we have had poc transgender queens um we are yet to have drag kings which is a very big yeah. hot topic right now but but it is it is so intersectional and it's definitely mm-hmm. you know opened up the gate to what drag is because it's moving away from a man in a wig. It's it's yeah. already moved away from that. It is yeah. honestly already moved away from that. We've had non-binary queens. We, you know, what does it mean to be non-binary? Like, are we going to say that a drag queen, uh, you know, presents a woman? But what is a woman? You know, what is feminine? Mm. What is masculine? I, I particularly don't adhere to those constructs, and that might be confusing to some people. But it's just like taking myself away from what I have been taught to be masculine and feminine. I don't. I try not to. Think of things in a gendered way obviously we all do and I'm not saying I don't think of things Mm -hmm. in a gendered way like obviously I present my drag as feminine um and it's just what we know it's just what we've been taught you know feminine is this it's just the label and Mm -hmm. it doesn't really mean much you know like I sometimes don't shave my armpits and I you know like you wouldn't you wouldn't know that from my from my pictures and that's not stereotypically you know feminine but that just shows like it's it's so much more than just you know what you see it's yeah. it's a regaining of power like I haven't shaved my legs and I put tights over and it looks like I don't have any leg hair like you know it's yeah. that physical regaining of expectation of power the way I talk as well like where does it go like yeah. that is sort of regaining your like you know genitalia I guess it sounds mm-hmm. weird but it is true it's no, just a way of to have weird. control <laughs> none of this is <laughs> oh I love that, I love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just to put that out there um no but what you're saying is so interesting because like it kind of goes to show that drag is kind of like a way to kind of break loads of walls as well and it makes people it br- arises loads of questions about gender which I find so important because it, it kind of like you said it kind of confuses people but it's like a good confusion it's a way that people are like oh hang on so wait so not all women are like that or not all men should be like that and like it kind of makes people think and I think it's it's so interesting and it's so important for people to be able to kind of break down those gender stereotypical walls and gender identity essentially like what is a woman what is a man like it, it makes people question these things which i find is so interesting and it goes to show that there's so much more to drag than people think which is so so interesting um i was going to ask you something similar like would you say drag makes people question gender identity what would you say about that
1: yeah i mean fundamentally that is what drag i think pulls out of somebody the fact that like you know are they a man are they a woman what is mm. a man what is a woman are they non-binary like nowadays you know we've got that discourse going on um it, you know like, what are they if I think my drag I view my drag as a spectacle um mm-hmm. okay. I am contin I am continuously like rebranding and you know my drag journey hasn't been start drag and just do drag um just like a quick you know recap so I started drag um in my first semester of uni, then COVID hit and I was like scared. I had my tail between my legs. I ran Mm -hmm. home to Gibraltar and I was like, drag is not a stable career for me. I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to do it at all. And I had a lot of like toxicity, I guess, to my towards myself and, you know, with the pandemic and I just had to stop. I just needed to like, you know, take a break and I wasn't in it for the right reasons. And then um, sort of a year passes year and a half passes and now I am like going full force again in it for the right reasons, fully rebranded. So now going back to the question, I think like my drag journey has very much been that and I can read into that as well because at first I was like, oh, I have to be like this particular image. Like I have to be like the most feminine, the most possible like woman, like that's not necessarily what a drag queen is, you know, like there's so much more to just looks and just gender. There's performance, there's can you captivate an audience? there's can you make somebody feel something I want my drag to be a spectacle that's what I was going by a spectacle that makes somebody feel something whether it be in the audience whether it be watching my story whether it be something if I elicit a response from you and if it's like a wow or if it's like a like a confusion or if it's like you know something like something then I have done my job like that is what I want my job yeah to be. um that is so yeah um, it just becomes more than just gender you know can you host can you are you good with a mic have you got comedy skills have you got dancing skills have you got mm-hmm. acting skills have you got like so many things that encompass drag it's such a, um, it's you such know a fashion trend. yeah Fashion, yeah, fashion, modeling, sewing, um, honestly, and wig styling, I, you know, pad making. Um, honestly, it's so expensive. It's so like <laughs> time consuming. <laughs> it's so expensive, so time consuming. And so like, you know, you really got to be in it. It's a craft. So it just mm. goes beyond gender. It just mm. goes completely beyond gender. You, right. you can have gendered aspects. So yeah, your, your drag could be gendered in one way or another. But it's that ability to, it's your choice, you know, it's that ability to just make those decisions yourself rather than have somebody tell you, you've got that in your pants, you have to do this.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, (laughs) no, like, that's so interesting. It's interesting that you say, like, it's even more than breaking down those like walls. It's even more than that. Like like I said at the beginning, there's so many elements and even just talking to you now is making me realize how many elements there is to drag, which makes me even more interested in it. Um, And I was gonna ask you as well, like when I was watching Paris is Burning, a lot of the people that they were kind of documenting were black men. And I found that like for black men, especially black gay men, Obviously, they are constantly monitoring everything they do, everything they do, how they speak, how they act, how they dress, what they say. They're constantly monitoring and it can be so like suffocating. And I think drag was like a way to be like, like you said, like a fuck you kind of thing. Like, I'm not going to monitor anything I do. I'm just going to create this person and it can be different every single day and wear something different every single day and create this persona. And it's kind of like a form of freedom. Would you say like it's a form of freedom for you to kind of be whoever you want to be?
1: Oh yeah, it's like absolute freedom. And it's especially in an age where like, we are much better. We are considerably better than where we were. Like, like, there's no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. especially in the age where now, um, the forces that try to oppress us have sort of tried to flip the switch so basically, now they aren't physically oppressing us in the ways and manners that they were generally. Obviously, it still happens nowadays, but to the same extent. But now they're like, "Oh, we are the victims. Like they are taking control. Yeah. They want everybody to be gay now. They want it's so it's 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 so freeing just being like, I do not care what you think. Like mm-hmm. I honestly live for myself. Like if you think I'm trying to turn you gay, okay, <laughs> just yeah. walk the other way. I just I made a complete rhyme there, but that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: The, com- the comedy uh, and I, pun skills involved yeah,
1: yeah I <laughs> promise that, that that was not planned but yeah no honestly like if, if if you think that I'm trying to push my agenda onto yourself like I'm just occupying my space darling I am occupying the space that I was not given and that those that came before yeah. me weren't given now let's talk about Paris is Burning because it is categorically my favorite piece of film I'm a film studies student <laughs> yeah and um, I can honestly say hand on my heart that Paris is Burning is my favorite like su- such an important piece of yeah. film that shows what drag like true like if you have this idea that drag is just drag race please watch Paris is Burning yeah. because that is what drag is like at the roots at the origins drag was not glam like I don't yeah. want to say it wasn't glamorous but it wasn't glamorized yes um, drag was like done by people who were homeless yeah, drag was yeah, done yeah, yeah by people yeah. who yeah, exactly. By people who couldn't afford, you know, the newest makeup, the newest garments, Chanel, Dior, it, at a time where the fashion industry was booming, you know, mm-hmm. like drag was away. way, drag houses. So, for example, the house of Versace, the house yeah. of, you know, um, Dior, the house of, there were so many fashion houses um, that were then turned into like ballroom houses because mm-hmm. people wanted to live their fantasy. People wanted to pretend that the garment that they had on, that they made the night before, was couture Chanel yeah. or was you know Valentino or you know was these big brands. It, it's a pretense. It's that's where you get like the illusion from and the pretense. But it's much more than that. It's because they weren't allowed to be on campaigns. They weren't allowed right. to be featured. They weren't allowed to be models, yeah, even yeah. though they might have been the most beautiful yeah. you know figure. They, had the most beautiful face. They weren't allowed because maybe they were transgender because maybe they were a male. Uh, male. Maybe they were, you know, to this, to that. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really just a way of being free, of having a family as well. So yeah. um, Paris is Burning, yeah, it shows, it shows the importance of having a family that isn't your biological family. Drag houses and sort of the ballroom scene offered a place for people who were homeless, kicked out of the house, threatened to be killed, out in the streets in Harlem, New York, they were offered you know a place a shelter warm a family figure a mother a house mother that's where it comes from somebody who takes you in and for all intents and purposes is like a biological mother to you um it's just so much more it's a lifestyle yeah
0: and it was interesting because it kind of showed like you said it showed like the I wouldn't say the real side but kind of like the you know yeah yeah. yeah, like the non-glamorous side to drag Mm because you were speaking about before like obviously we're talking about drag and it's great but you you were saying how the stuff that goes into it and like these people were like you said homeless they were kicked out of their homes um and they weren't accepted and they kind of walked into a place where they were accepted and they were able to express themselves how they wanted to express themselves, and it was just it's even the way it's filmed, it's kind of dark, yeah. and they they, they interview yeah. them in their really run down kitchens. They they're wearing like this massive big glamorous coat, but they're sitting in that run down kitchen, and it's like exactly. it's so it's so interesting to show that side of drag, and especially at that time when they were filming, it was like um, the AIDS um, pandemic, so kind of like. They yeah. were going through a lot of... the community was going through so much as well. And, like, the dark sides of that community. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting documentary. So whoever's listening, I
1: recommend watching it. Yeah. Can I just say as well, like, some of the people who were featured on that documentary actually got murdered, like, not long after. I I, I can't remember her name right now. It was a blonde, transgender, um, yeah. white female. Um, she was found in a hotel room, murdered. Because... Yeah. Obviously, you've got to do what you've got to do. Drag queens mm-hmm. were prostitutes, drag queens were sex workers, drag queens were, um, you know, escorts. That is not necessarily their choice. Even though I think if, if you want to be that, good on you. Go yeah. Go and be that. Yeah. um it, it wasn't their choice. So when people, you know, I I hate the stigma that like oh like prostitutes are dirty and that like it's not their choice. At the end of the day, if you were in that mm-hmm. position and you had to do what you had to do for money, yeah, they had to do that their entire life. To then fund, you know, what they wanted to do, with their drive, what makes them happy, and mm-hmm. not even that. Sometimes just to fund their run-down apartment oh, because yeah, nobody wanted to listen. Nobody wanted to, to like listen to these people, so they just had to deal with, you know, landlords that exploited them, uh, people that wanted to essentially kill them. Because an an interesting piece of legislation actually, um, back in those days, and I think it has been, you know, done away with now. I'm not sure, but I think so. Um, it, it was a defense law that that um, you know rapists and abusers and essentially murderers as well could um, use when they were trialed for like you know the murder of a transgender person. They could actually claim that um, when they found out that they were transgender they were su- in such a state of shock and that they were deceived. so in a fit of rage, they acted how they acted what? and that was actually used yeah. No, like I 100% like after this, (laughs) after this um, podcast going, I I can't remember what it was exactly called, but it was basically a defense law that um, allowed murderers to essentially get away. I'm not joking. (laughs) I can see your face and you're like, what the hell? No, no, I didn't know about Um, that. Yep. Yep. And it was the same for all transgender people. Like if obviously sometimes you don't disclose things or obviously sometimes they were disclosed and they just got really angry or, you know, tricked somebody into, yeah. you know, coming into a hotel room, saying that they were gonna have sex with them and then murder them. And then just say, oh, like I didn't know. And then um, she had a penis and yeah. I just got really deceived. I felt really betrayed. That's basically rape, You know, I felt really, really like, you know, whatever. And in a fit of rage, I went insane and I just stabbed her five times in the head.
0: Oh my God, that's horrible. It goes, it makes me look into kind of the safety of people in terms of not only transgender people, but I mean, in terms of people who, you know, dress up in drag, like it must, I, I want to, I was actually going to ask you this question. Like, do you feel safe sometimes walking around dressed up or like, are you in a good position where you are, you know, you do feel safe? Um, and I was going to ask you specifically back in Jib, like, would you ever kind of like, Dress in drag back in jib and feel safe and comfortable in doing so?
1: So, this is a very big topic, and I'm glad you mentioned that. So, about safety, I can never 100% say I can say, like, that's just not like we don't live in that world, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if any drag queen or drag artist says that they're safe, maybe they come or live in a place of privilege or live in an environment that's quite privileged because. Every drag queen is different. So every drag queen lives in you know, different areas of London. I'll use London as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, some drag queens, they choose to commute, you know, use the tube, whatever, to get from A to B from their house to the venue. They That's their work. That's what they need to do. You know, they can't just Uber in London all the time. Yeah. You know, they can't, you know, may, maybe they don't have cars, maybe like the buses, you know, whatever, yeah. like public transport is the way to go. Um, there's just no way around it. But what happens is some venues, they ask you to come prepared, already right. dressed. They may, they, maybe they don't have a backstage room. Maybe you're a supporting act and the backstage room is only for certain individuals. Like, it can be like that. Um, things are getting better, but yeah, just sometimes you just need to go there and you know be already in drag. Yeah. Sometimes your host, yeah, sometimes you're invited to a, a club or whatever and you need to get there obviously already in drag. That's what I've been doing. So my friends and I, uh, we get invited. Um, we get our own table at this club in Central London, and we have to be there in drag. Um, when we get there, we're treated like royalty. Like honestly, the, mm-hmm. the 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 venues aren't the problem. It's the getting there. So yes, um, it it just depends. Sometimes you won't get catcalled. Sometimes you won't get you know stalked. Sometimes you won't get harassed. Um, my friend has been touched before. My friend has been you know harassed and. When, when we actually went from her house to Embankment uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, we we didn't get followed, but there was like a group of guys that were like, hey lady, like, where are you going? What are you doing? And, and it, it's, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Like, you know, it makes you question what you're doing. And like, now I'm at a stage where now I don't care. Like I'll just ignore them or whatever, but I do try to either get a taxi, get an Uber. I 100% always try and do that. I very rarely do day drag like obviously when I do move to London and I do start doing brunches and I do start doing gigs in the weekend and stuff that happens in the day and the night so I will obviously you know do that um but obviously having like maybe a taxi and Uber going with other people going with other drag queens if you're going in a group you have to think about that stuff um I know some drag queens that get changed in trains and they put on the makeup in the trains I can't do that like props to them props to them because yeah no hundred that is scary the looks The comments, it can get you have to have a thick skin. If you don't have a thick skin and you're doing drag 24-7, forget it. Forget. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I'm 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 not saying that you're not valid doing it, but you'll you'll really suffer mentally. Um you have to be able to just water off a duck's back. Um yeah. I am not confrontational, so I I would just try and like you know ignore them or whatever. Um obviously, like I am confrontational in certain aspects. I'm like, I'm not gonna let somebody, you know walk all over me and I'm confrontational in my activism so you know for example last year that whole pride thing in Gibraltar the bigots really came out it's Um, great that you
0: don't like you don't let people walk all over you and that's what we need a lot of we need more people to kind of if they hear something, even it doesn't have to be like in your face, homophobic or transphobic, mm-hmm. like it's the subtle things as well. Like if you're not calling mm-hmm. people yeah. out, like you're not, you're aiding them essentially. And it's, it's yeah. calling people out sometimes, and not all the time, but sometimes people just need a bit of an education lesson and they just yes. need to be yes. educated. And they're like, oh, I didn't think about it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And some people are just, yeah, bigots
1: basically. Yeah. I, I will always like respond in the tone that they started with. So if you yeah. are actively being insulting, like yeah. you're gonna get that tone back. If you if you if, if I get the vibe that you just misjudged your wording or you know you say like you know something and you, and I get that curious vibe, I will, you know, you know I'm not gonna yeah. attack everyone. Like no, yeah, that no. aren't like get like policing or any anybody like anybody in the in the community feel free to ask them politely and we will happily answer anything about gender about whatever obviously don't disregard us if you're gonna like ask something and then be like oh that's not true then you know why did you ask in the first place but yeah just being civil and knowing what tone to use um my mom is like the most neutral person ever um Mm. it took it it's not that it took time to get here but like it just like You know she didn't expect me to like to do drag and stuff like that but um she's very neutral um she actually found out I did drag and I didn't tell her so she found out through a an article that my university posted no way yeah and actually I didn't even come out to her before that I mean honestly I have never really come I have never come out to anyone anyone because I I personally personally don't feel the need to oh yeah I think that like did did you come out when you found out that you're straight No, like no, no. like I yeah don't like <laughs> thing. like like I and I don't at first I was very like nobody should be coming out like it just should be another thing but then I was educated and it's an important thing coming out I understand yeah, so
0: why I- they do it because it's like mm-hmm. a moment for them and that's important to mm-hmm. them
1: and I totally get mm-hmm. that but it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that they have to do that you know what I mean yeah exactly I never came out and my mom would ask me like, are you this? Are you that? And I'm just like, mom, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm vibing. That's what I am. I I, I am me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah. um, and it went from her not wanting me to wear a pink suit to prom, which by the way, I wore a purple one, um, mm-hmm. to her now like wanting to see pictures of me in drag and just all the time being like, be safe, be careful, be safe. Yeah. Like that's, that's her main thing. She mm-hmm. doesn't mind that I do drag. I, at the end of the day, she just wants me to have a good job, uh, to have, you know, a roof over my head, to live my life the way I want to do it, to you know, be happy. So at the end of the day, um, I feel safe with the people that I am around, um, but, yes I just have to obviously be careful in terms of like travel and stuff but that that that's a given like I'm not going to pretend to be like everything's okay like I don't think about it it's not something that I constantly think about I just don't think about it you can't
0: because it it will eat you up like if you're constantly thinking about it obviously to Mm. a point you have to be aware and I'm not saying it's the same thing but as a woman it's going out alone and stuff you have to be aware but I cannot be constantly like oh my god I can't do this because I'm a woman and I might get attacked I can't I have to live my life. So it's the same as yeah. people, trans people, people who dress up a drag, yeah. like anything. You you cannot be thinking about it all the time, but also you have to kind of to an extent just be yeah. aware of things. Yeah. Um and it's unfortunate that that you have to think about those things because I mean, I've seen your story a few times where, like, people are getting attacked on public transport, and it's 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 terrifying. Like, people, you know, Mm. cannot just go out, be themselves, and not get harassed or attacked on public transport. And the fact that people have the audacity to do that um, is is crazy to me. Um, And taking it back to to Jib specifically, would
1: you? Oh yeah, (laughs) you
0: ever feel like comfortable? in jib in drag or do you think we've got to a place where you are like what do you think
1: let's unpack that so like like for example if I was perhaps invited to perform at jib pride something like that for example I would do it like 100% because I feel like if I've done it in Guildford and London why the hell would I not do it in jib like I honestly could not care what people think about me like no if (laughs) please do it in jib like please it is it is really like really really ridiculous how much I just do not like I am my own, like, again, um, I joke with my friends because I am my own character of my own life. Like, unless like, I know you and, or I'm an acquaintance to you, like you're an extra in my life. Unfortunately, you know, I just can't know everyone, but this is what gets me through life. Like if I don't know you, if I don't have a relation to you, Um, i.e. a bigger on Facebook, like you are an extra and I'm going to live my life. And I do not care. Like I 100% like absolutely it's, it's actually ridiculous how much I just don't think about what other people think about me but you which have is to a, which is amazing it's mm, great you have mm, to do that yeah and it's I I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest like I come from a privileged position like I can recognize my privilege like I do not struggle with sort of like body issues I don't struggle with anything like towards myself I I have I think it's been a long journey but I have so much self-love like I am my own favorite person, but exactly. So I am comfortable in doing that. I recognize it's not the same for everyone. And that's the same with public transport. Like I haven't had a bad experience, but I recognize that there's so many people that have, and it's just my privilege and my chance and my luck that I haven't. So um, in terms of doing it in Jib, 100%, um, I would need to have like, obviously, you know, my own place to get ready. Like with me and my drag, like if I'm going to be performing, like if you want me to perform somewhere, for example, in Jib, like, it's really important for drag queens to be adequately provided for stuff, Mm. i.e. transport, i.e. a place for themselves, i.e. you know, water, you know, whenever they request something, you know, like it's, it is, is is a profession, it's a career and you're paying for that as well. So Mm -hmm. if I was offered something 100%, I would take it in jib and I think it would be so good. Like, honestly, I think Gibraltarians would have so much fun They would scene. though They, they would. would live They would like honestly If you look at like places like Gran Canaria Which yeah. has like this really really Big drag scene and this Like absolute drag monsters That come up with like I don't know like 10 inch or like No like 15 inch like heels are like crazy like oh it's absolutely oh. fun it's like a it's like a carnival jib would absolutely like love it the parents would love it kids would love it the grannies would absolutely live like yes. the mamas the tias <laughs> it would just be it, it it would be such a unique drag scene it's as well bad. it would because because it's not necessarily spanish but it's not necessarily purely Brit- Like in the sense of like a purely purely British like drag scene it's Mediterranean it's like a British with like Mediterranean influences and stuff and we would live we would live no so obviously that's something yeah that I would definitely look to do it in the future if that possibly came up like you know definitely anyone Um, listening please uh... anyone listening I mean you know my details (laughs) but But it would it would be amazing
0: it would be so good because it's like i've never seen drag and jib not well actually i might have seen one one i saw one on social media in the casbah of
1: these two yeah yeah drag queens and that looks really cool but like i want to see more like and it would rub so many people the wrong way but you know what that's great because that would expose exactly who we need to sort of work on Mm -hmm. or ignore um Mm -hmm. so i'm all for it and i really really hope that jib pride you know like happened and i really better not hear the word straight pride the traffic lights like oh yeah.
0: my god yeah.
1: it's a traffic light you got offended because of a light scheme yeah like color scheme no like literally. it was like it was literally a piece of like metal on <laughs> you know displaying a picture it's, like get over yourself if anything get i would yourself.
0: say that people as p- people in the LGBTQ plus community are probably some of the strongest people I've met. Yeah. They are far, yeah. far from snowflakes. The stuff that you have to put up with on a day yeah. and you get on with it. I'm sorry, you're not
1: the snowflakes mm. of society. That's <laughs> for sure.
0: Um, So that like, kind of like
1: annoys me. Uh, it's yeah. 100- I 100% like agree with you. The, the stuff that some LGBTQ people have gone through, but yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, I would love, absolutely love to do a j- uh, dragon jib um let's get it going let's do it <laughs> let's get it going June for sure time, and hopefully yeah. people
0: people listening will be more educated and maybe you know get it going um yeah. but I have I kind of have one last question to ask you kind of to round it all up because it's been a really interesting conversation but um I kind of just wanted to ask if there's anyone any person back home that kind of made you comfortable and made you feel that you could be who you wanted to be or is there no one do you think there needs to be more role models for people who want to get into drag
1: wow that's a very big question (laughs) (laughs) i have somebody that i do want to shout out but um that's like they didn't really influence me i've just become more like aware of them um throughout the years but in terms of somebody who made me feel comfortable somebody you know
0: or something like anything yeah. kind of you know inspired you
1: I think in not in terms of drag in drag like you know no, like nobody's really made me I didn't have a drag mother I didn't you know have a mm. drag family anything like, that. like nothing like that um so it's me it's me myself and I and in terms of even like sexuality I guess it was me myself and I but I didn't really reach out like I was just fine with it I was just like I'm gay yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> like, just, like let's move on <laughs> yeah yeah next. yeah yeah um but um in terms of people who have done bits for the community and just in general um it's eddie j wood that man has done has done so much for the community him along with charles trico i think his yes. name is yeah. um or charlie trico or something like that they have honestly like if any Gibraltarian gay youth is watching this like familiarize yourself with them. Um, I might actually write a book about LGBTQ culture and history in Jib and wow. I will be featuring them because they have done so much. Like Eddie, especially with the civil rights movement, especially yes. with same-sex marriage, especially with just like being someone that's visible, that's vocal and that doesn't give a shit about who he has to sort of tackle with. He is an icon and he is the moment. Shout out to Eddie. should he should be like knighted or something (laughs) like he should be like the the equivalent of like knighted given a pendant given a medal something have a statue of him somewhere i (laughs) i stand him i really really like him um i just love his unapologetic yes but yet friendly but yet eloquent oh just his delivery of everything that he says is spot on and this is becoming an obsession like uh, an obsession I w- but well, I swear I miss- to god I'm not I'm not crazy obsessed <laughs> <laughs> I just like him so much like honestly in yeah.
0: Jib talks last year and like the way you said like he's so eloquent but then also so unapologetic I see that he was he the way he spoke I was captivated by the way he speaks and then obviously he does so much for the LGBTQ plus community in Jib yep, which is amazing and like we we need more people like that in Jib. I mean, we are, we have those people in Jib. I I can name so many friends of mine, you, so many young people in Jib that hopefully can, like, encourage young people to be themselves and to be comfortable with themselves and to be the main person in their lives. Um, yeah. And that's, that's... I also
1: have <laughs> another sort of <laughs> shout out to make, which is... I guess more towards like who inspired me or who I guess shaped me a lot. So English lit teachers are the best. pinnacle of society. <laughs> like they the are the, like the foundations, English literature and language teachers. Um, I can name two, top of my head, Miss Duarte and Miss Montegrifo, I think she's yes. now Miss Masetti. Yes, Miss They Mas- are like, <laughs> I know that they would appreciate me saying this, like honestly, I adore those two individuals they have not only shaped me but have shaped my other queer friends Um, and we cannot tell them how much like gratitude we have for them because they were essentially comfort blankets for us no judgment really really friendly we could like you know confide in them in absolutely anything I just think that they are angels walking this earth. Like honestly, Hi. I get emotional thinking about it because, oh. <laughs> because uh, like like mm. honestly, like with without them, people would be lost. Without them, queer like children, <laughs> queer kids. But the, kids, th- the crazy be thing, thing is, lost. I still
0: to this day talk about some of my English lit teachers because, like, I still think about all the things that they said to me and all the lessons I learned. Not obviously. In English, as well, but just in life, and like mm-hmm. it's so amazing. People don't understand how important some teachers are to people. And I've heard it from a few um, queer people that I know in Jib that there are like teachers who have kind of been so important in their lives. And like, I just if there's any teachers listening, local teachers from Jib listening, like <laughs> you guys, honestly we we love you (laughs) the the just the acceptance and like you said the no judgment and just kind of that comfort blanket when you go into school I mean I've always been very lucky that I've never kind of been bullied and and so I never felt uncomfortable going to school but I know so many of my queer friends who have gone into school and (laughs) yeah you you I remember you saying that to me once and having that kind of teacher there that you're comfortable with and you know will like support you in any way is so so important that's amazing and i love how you mentioned miss Massetti because
1: i love miss Massetti <laughs> no honestly i love you <laughs> <honestly>. <laughs> i could go on i could go yes, on but literally. no yes um and i would just like to say as well thank you to you and yeah i don't want to sound cliche or anything but honestly what you are doing has not been done that much before like featuring you know lgbtq conversations on a political youth group like it's good it's really Thank really you good so much. and I'm i try just, yeah <laughs> i'm just really really like happy to know you and happy to be able to call you my friend and to go to you with like any sort of issues problems and stuff like that um i really feel like you are doing amazing and you are such a good ally like thank just so hear much. that that makes that it. means
0: so much to me thank you and and, and i'm so happy to know you i love i people mm. don't realize yeah I th- like you're thanking me for being an ally but i learn so so much from people in the lgbtq plus community so much about life about confidence about freedom i learn so much from you guys just y- you being alive just makes the world better i love love you guys <laughs> Full on support, full on support. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so, thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm so excited to get this out. Um, and like just educating people on drag and something you know that we don't talk about often. So, yeah, thank you so, 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 so much.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to um, hear what people have to say and just, yeah, allow people to get to know me that bit better. And if you do have any problems, if you do have any queries, if you do have just Want to have a conversation. Um, if you are a Gibraltarian youth that is thinking about gender, sexuality, or just wants to have a combo about drag, just pop me a DM on my Instagram. That's KJ underscore winter. It might change soon. But <laughs> just um, now. yes, you can, yeah, just for now, you can um find me on Instagram and on Facebook, it's Karim So yeah, if you do want to have a conversation, I would be more than happy to. Oh thank you so much. Bye. Bye bye.